How's it going, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, for as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jetsy. Tim, happy post-belated birthday, bud. Post-belated? Yeah, is that That's a word? Just, you should just use belated. Yeah, but isn't belated more like the day after your birthday, though? Well, usually it's... Oh, I didn't say it, I didn't say it on the day, so it's belated. Belated just means late. Oh, uh, okay. And then post is Latin for after, so it's redundant. Okay. So, Tim, as you may recall back in May, we got the opportunity to talk with then Silver 7's now Hockey Buzz writer Trevor Shackles on the show. That interview, as well as the response to it, opened up a door of opportunities for us. One of those opportunities was to be the fan representative for the Ottawa Centers in a 2018 draft article being written by Beerly Talk. Beer League Talk was started as a podcast in 2015 and over the next couple of years expanded from a solo flagship podcast to hosting several podcasts, including Beer League Talk, Post and Out, and Crease Keepers, as well as a daily blog and merchandise. We are proud to have the host and founder of Beer League Talk here on the Third Line Plug Soundscast today for an exclusive interview. Ladies and gentlemen, also joining us from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, <laughs> our guest, Nick Lehart. Nick, how's it going, man? Welcome hey. to the show. Hey, it's going well. Thank you guys for having me. And when you say tropical, I mean, the last few days, it has been pretty tropical. I mean, we've been close to 30 degrees out here, so. Yeah, and then the rain yesterday. The, the rain yesterday, and then it's supposed to heat up again. So I think we're going to have to make our way down to the uh, to the river to cool off around here. So I'm just saying, you're not too far off when you say tropical. <laughs> I know, and it's funny because Tim used to give me so much grief for calling Calgary the tropical metropolis. Uh, just during winter. <laughs> so well, Nick, I guess the first question we got to ask is, how are things going for you guys over at Beer League Talk? Uh, I mean, they're going busy. I mean, we're kind of in our in our busy season. I mean, outside of doing the shows, like our show was built around playing hockey. I work full time in the uh, adult hockey industry. I know that sounds a little dirty, but adult hockey meaning just beer league industry. Like we run leagues and tournaments and all sorts of things. And so the summer is really when our when our tournament season kicks off. And so we actually have a tournament going on this weekend that uh, I couldn't make, but then in two weeks we're in Chicago, two weeks we're in Columbus. A couple weeks after that, we're in Jasper, Alberta. So we're pretty, pretty lined up when it comes to playing hockey. And then, you know, the season's going to kick off and that's just going to make us even busier. And so, I mean, I guess the, the correct word is how we're doing is busy. Awesome, man. Now you're saying you're going down to Columbus and Chicago for these tournaments. Are you going to be playing at the United Center and Nation? Nationwide's arena? Uh, no, I mean we're not that good. We're just beer leaguers, and we make our teams by beer chugging contests. So, but we are playing at the practice facility for the Blackhawks, and then I guess yes, when you say the United Center or United Nation, whatever the rink's called in Columbus, because we're playing at the practice facility that's actually attached to that building. So, right on. So, as we said off the top, our interview with Trevor Shackles created the opportunity for us to be Ottawa's representative for your guys' draft article. I'm always fascinated when people discover our show, so I have to ask, how did you guys come across our show, and what made you decide to have us as Ottawa's representative over more established sense podcasts like 
sends call-ups, cost per point gas, as an example. Well, like I'll be, I'll be really honest with you. Like for me, like it, it hasn't been that long ago that we started up our podcast, and we wanted to do cool things like that, but we never really got the opportunity until we, till we grew to a point where people started reaching out, and so like I just, I don't know, maybe it's my way of giving back to like the the podcast community, the guys that aren't like super established and have sponsors and have you know thousands of listens. I just thought it'd be cool to get the perspective from podcasts that are actually fans, not guys that get paid to do the podcast or anything like that. Just guys that are fans, love the game, love their team. And I thought that that would be a unique perspective to, uh, to come at from a, from a draft blog. Awesome. So over the last couple of months, I've gotten a chance to check out some of your guys' work and I started, been, I've been following you guys on Twitter. One thing that really stood out for me in particular is that you're, you currently call Calgary home. Mm-hmm. However, you originally hail from Oklahoma. So, <laughs> I got to ask the all important question here. How does somebody from a southern state where college football is king and ice is only found in somebody's drink get into a sport that at one time was so foreign to the south, like ice hockey? Yeah, well, I mean, like like every great man in the history of the world, a woman was at the at the at the bottom of it all. I married my wife. She's from Calgary, and uh, when we started dating, I came up to Calgary for uh, for Christmas and. They got me all brand new hockey gear and said, you're going to be a hockey player. And I said, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and uh, they got me on the ice with uh, her seven-year-old cousins. It was one of his friend's birthdays. So I'm out here not even able to stand up. And I got seven-year-olds skating around me. And uh, then I went and saw my very first NHL game, which was a Battle of Alberta game at uh, Calgary and Edmonton on New Year's Eve. And just, man, I just fell in love. And then, I mean, everyone knows that Iggy just retired, but uh, Iggy is actually what cemented my passion for the game like I met up with him uh, a couple days later after practice and he took the time to to talk to me and make fun of my southern accent that I had way more heavy then but he just just the way he talked to me and the way he talked about the game it was it just made me a fan and through that I just I just kept going I caught the bug and and just realized that hockey's the greatest sport in the world that's awesome did you get a chance to read that tweet that I think it was Shane Donovan put up after Drum McGillan retired I didn't. What did it say? It was a story about when I think Shane was playing for Calgary and they went down to Dallas for a game and they were in a cab. And yeah. Jerome sparked up a conversation with a cab driver who's from South America talking to him about hockey. And he says, Jerome asked him, he said, hey, have you ever been to a game? And the cabbie says, no, I couldn't afford it. And he goes, well, I play for the Calgary Flames. And how many, how many members of your family do you have? And he left tickets for him with passes. And he... Hung up with him after the game. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy what one guy can do for for a, a professional sport, and I, I just I mean, yeah, there's a, a ton of guys like that out there, but I don't think there'll ever be a, another Jerome McGinley. And there's a story that came out here where he was playing at uh, one of the local rinks here in Calgary for some event, and there was a, a father and daughter standing at the front door waiting for him in their McGinley jerseys, and McGinley of course came out the side door, so they didn't see him, and he goes to get in his car. And then he sees these guys, and this reporter says, if Iggy would have just left, no one would have known, except for me, because I was the only one that was sitting in my car and I saw this. But Iggy put his stuff in his car, walked up, tapped the father on, on the shoulder. They turned around and just, whoa, it's Jerome McGinley. And he stood there for 15 or 20 minutes having a chat with him in, in, the, in the cold and signed jerseys. And it's just that's just the type of guy he was. Like Obviously, his on-ice skill is well-documented, and even this off-ice stuff is well-documented, but he did way more than I've ever seen any other player do just to 
just to spread the word uh, about hockey. That's awesome. Now, go back to what you were saying about how your wife got you into hockey. I'm actually kind of surprised that the NHL's push into the southern states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee in the 1990s didn't have much of an influence on you. Uh, you know, well, I mean, for for me, like we don't we don't like Texas from Oklahoma, right? <laughs> I know I, we're I, way I better than Texas, Texas at everything. Texas just so you know, way better than Texas. But uh, yeah, you know, I just I never had any friends. Like I grew up playing football and baseball. Like I went through college. Uh, baseball paid for my schooling, and uh, so I just never really had the interest. We we had a CHL team, which was uh, it was pretty much like the movie Slapshot. It was just. They would fight before the games. The goalies would throw throw hands there before the games, and it was coin beer. That's the only reason I'd ever go to a hockey game. Um, and so I never really, I don't know, I never really paid attention until my wife, the Canadian, was like, "Hey, go go watch some hockey." And then I was like, "Wow, this is I don't now I don't understand why people in the South don't like hockey more because we love football and mm-hmm. hockey is pretty much football on ice. It's faster, it's bigger hits, it's more exciting. So it's for me, it's like why don't people uh, gravitate more towards it. And I think it is because it's way fast. Like it, it's, it's really hard game to kind of pick up if you don't know what you're, what you're watching. But I went to a couple Vegas games this year, one game in the playoffs, and I was just absolutely excited, giddy, astounded about, uh, about the passion that those fans have there. And they, they might not be the most educated fans yet, but now they're falling in love with the game. So this push to the South has, has been great for the game of hockey, even though, People think, oh, well, Florida probably needs to move or Carolina needs to move or even Phoenix needs to move. But it's building hockey fans and hockey players, and I think that's the whole idea. I mean, Austin Matthews, the number one overall pick, is from Phoenix. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, I know that. Process. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's like a, a long-term process, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't appreciate. And uh, do you ever run into a – like when you run into people who get kind of uppity about hockey not being a Southern thing, what do you kind of do about it? I mean, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, and I really haven't experienced that. I mean, a, a little story. I mean, Tim, you're in Calgary. I don't know if you know about the website Calgary Puck, but it's a Flames fan forum. And I've been a member of it since I started going to hockey games. And I really just used it to find tickets and kind of learn about the game. Like, that's really where I learned about the rules of hockey and what was going on. If I had questions, I'd ask and they'd answer me. When, when I got into hockey and I wanted to start playing in Oklahoma, like, I had all my gear. But there wasn't very many beginners. So I'm like, I'm on Craigslist, which is like the American Kijiji. Um, and I'm looking, Hey, have you ever wanted to play hockey? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever played hockey video games? Let's get a team together. And I got this team together. And the problem was, is the cost of hockey is obviously, you know, it's exponential, especially compared to other sports. But you know, these guys, it's $4,000 league fee plus gear. And we were having trouble like paying for both. And so I just, I mentioned it to some buddies on Calgary puck and they, like they put a big box of just used gear that that they didn't need anymore and sent it down and we outfitted almost the whole team that needed it and got to play hockey. So uh, I haven't really met any uppity uppity hockey fans other than Oiler fans and Maple <laughs> Leaf fans. Now now Maple Leaf fans after their big UFA signing. Yeah, well that's definitely good to hear. <laughs> You know, as we said off the top, Beer League Talk originally started as a podcast that later grew into other avenues under the Beer League Talk umbrella. Talk to us about what inspired you to start the podcast, and would you ever have imagined it would have taken off like it has? Uh, well, no on the taken off. Um, the way it started, I mean, it was it was really weird. Like, I've been working in hockey. Uh, when I moved to Calgary, I got a job in hockey, 
And so I, I was around it all the time and I was at one of these tournaments and I met a morning show DJ from one of the biggest uh, rock shows in Seattle. And we became friends and he said, hey, why don't you do a podcast about uh, beer league hockey? And I'm like, well, I mean, who who's really going to listen other than my mom? And he's just like, doesn't matter. I mean, you just make it. If people like it, they like it. If not, well, as long as you entertain yourself, then what's the big deal? And so I, I did and it it caught on. I don't want to say it caught on rather quickly, but I saw some success and it just made me keep going. And the whole goal at, at the, the start of it was was just like me. I wanted I wanted something that would give people a different view of hockey and make them more interested in the game. And so maybe if people were on the fence about learning to play hockey, uh, they could hear my podcast and say, hey, this guy did it. And yeah, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but now look, now he's playing, he's loving it, he's having fun, and and, and maybe I can do it too. And so it kind of started from there, and then it just kind of kept growing, and I just, you know, I look out and I see all the the media that's going on, and it's, it's all about, you know, uh, pro-level players, young players, and I just wanted a home for the adult hockey players who really... I mean, we're the ones that fund the pro players by going to the games. We're the ones that buy the gear for our kids' play. So I just wanted a home uh, home for adult hockey players to say, hey, these guys understand, they get it, and we want to be a part of it. And then from there, it just, you know, I'm not a goalie, so I can't talk to goalies. I have my opinions on goalies, but I wanted goalie opinions. So we started the Crease Keeper show. Um, and then Beer League Talk was only Beer League Hockey, so I wanted a show where, where fans could talk about hockey a lot like yours. And uh, so I had a buddy that's like, I, I want to be involved. So we started posting out. And so now we've got like three or four more shows that are kind of in development. Uh, almost, uh, I think someone called us the barstool of beer league sports, which I, I don't really want to be the bar. Like, I don't want to just kind of appeal to college people. But I mean, that's fine. College people play hockey too. Um, but, you know, I want to be more uh, like they're real Boston centric at barstool. And I want to be more uh, all hockey all sports, not just uh, a Boston-based uh, hockey show. That's good to hear. Yeah, I know that – I know for myself. No, I'm not in any beer league, but I know I go play dropout – or not dropout, drop-in hockey. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a bunch of ringers, like ex-college guys. And I don't know if you followed the YouTuber Trap for Oilers. Yep. Apparently, he was making a video where he was trying to make a decision on where he was going to go to school. And he's going to Vancouver Island University in Nanaimo, which is like just up the road from the arena that I play at. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know Trav. I know Trav well. I mean, I, I'm not one to kind of uh, put down any any person putting out hockey content. I love that he puts out hockey content. I know he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but, I mean, he, he's living his dream, and, and I support anyone that's trying to make cool hockey stuff. And so I wish him all the best, and I hope he – I mean, I don't know much about Nanaimo University. I don't know uh, what division it is really, but as long as he's he's playing hockey, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that as well as the podcast that Beer League Talk hosts. You guys also have a blog. Now, yes. I've gotten a chance to check out some of the posts. I absolutely thought the one you guys did on the current state of the centers, <laughs> all things considered, was pretty spot on. Let's, all, let's be serious. Was having a blog along with the podcast something you always wanted to have, or was it something that over time you realized that a blog could be a perfect way to talk about subjects or express opinions you couldn't do with the shows? Uh, yeah, I mean, is the Sins one the one that I wrote? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, what the hell was the name? Yeah, the Get one. Your of- shit together, Sins, or okay, whatever yeah. it was. I read that and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I really need this post to agree with it, but I'll read it anyway. And I was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's got a good point on that. 
Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm not a writer by any means. Like I am the worst writer. Like when I start writing, it's just like, it, it's bad. Like I'm more of just, let, let me talk it out and we'll be good. But I mean, as a blog is just, it's a different medium. Like not everyone can listen to podcasts at work or videos at work. So to be able to have something that can, <laughs> that can be used to waste people's time at work in, in terms of reading is, is the perfect thing. Right. And you're right. <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I can talk about all this stuff in beer league talk or post an out or the goalies could talk about it, but there's also stuff that, that you can't talk about. I mean, where is, where is video games going to fit into the beer league talk podcast? Right. And so where is this Carlson and you know, the, the Hoffman soap opera, like where does that fit in a podcast? Well, Maybe it doesn't, maybe it does, but we can write our comments on it in a blog and people can agree with it or disagree with it. Uh, but it's really just, like I said, going back to why we picked uh, your podcast uh, to do our draft blog is uh, as beer leaguers, as people that play the game that are on the ice, I think that we have a unique perspective on the world, not just hockey, but the world in general, uh, that hockey lifestyle, that FURTA, that, you know, whatever that is, I, I find that hockey players just have a different outlook. And I played competitive sports growing up. I played football. I played baseball. Never was there any time I felt like how I feel being a part of the hockey community. So in saying that, I wanted to be able to give the opportunity to people that wanted to write or wanted to get their opinions out that they could. And that's the way the blog is. And right now we have four or five or six writers. And, uh, you know, we've invited a lot of people to come on and, and do their own thing. We've even said, hey, if you want to create a, a podcast to get your thoughts out, you know, we'll, we'll support it. We'll put it out. We'll do whatever needs to be done for you guys to, to do what you want to do. And so a blog is just, it's just a different medium. It's just a different way to connect to people that, uh, that want more content. Well, I know with our show that we're not bloggers, we're podcasters, mm -hmm. but if you go back and look at some of the episodes we've done, especially this offseason, like we did one on our top five worst hockey video games, our favorite players, and a couple of other episodes, like these are ones that would have been perfect for a blog, but since we're not bloggers, mm -hmm. we decided, oh, you know what, let's put it in a podcast. We look at the other Sense podcasters and we go, okay, why is it that they're not doing it and we're doing it? That's what makes us stand out right mm -hmm. there, is that we're able to go that far and do what we want to do with our show. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it, and it's really cool. Like, even the blogs, like, f for me, it's we can also draw inspiration for show topics from blogs that are written from other people or from comments. Like, you know, we talk about ringers. <laughs> and so whenever we do, a, like, a lot of our stuff was beer league uh, blogs when we first started out and we got a lot of feedback like the 10 commandments of beer league hockey. We wrote that TSN bar down, picked it up, uh, puck daddy picked it up. And so then we got a lot of feedback from people talking about this. So for us, other than having just more content uh, out for people to consume, it also gives us a chance to fill up uh, what, what we need to talk about because, you know, as a podcast, uh, you don't want to talk about the same thing every week. I agree. Now, given that you now live in Calgary, it should come to no one's hey, surprise. Before, before we before we go any further, what were your top five worst video games? Well, I can't spoil that there. I gotta okay, if anybody it. wants to know what it is, <laughs> the episode is up on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play if you want to go check that out. But Tim and I have very different opinions on number one. Okay, good. That's all I'm gonna say. Because we just yeah. did like top five. We did top five hockey video games blog just a couple weeks ago. So I wanted to see if any of our top five were in your bottom five. So we'll we'll discuss that off air. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like I said, 
given that you now live in Calgary, it should come to no surprise that you are a Calgary Flames fan. The Flames have had a pretty busy offseason with the team making moves to get players like James Neal, Noah Fannin, Elias Lindholm, while seeing guys like Michael Ferlin and Dougie Hamilton leave town. In both positive and negative ways, how will these moves help the Flames into next season? Okay, first off, from a fan's perspective, when you look at all the moves that the Flames made this summer, they literally took, it seems like the management took all the Flames fans' uh, complaints and then just checked them off one by one and answered every question that I had as a as a Flames fan, like having getting top-line wingers to play with uh, Goudreau and Monaghan. Uh, moving out, uh, Troy Brower was a big one. Uh, Glenn Golitson in the power play. So f- for a Flames fan, this has been the perfect summer, at least for this Flames fan, for sure. Um, but, I mean, when you add Lindholm and Hannafin, and you have to give up uh, Dougie Hamilton, who was obviously the leading goal scorer by a, for a defenseman in the league, um, that hurts. Um, but, obviously, that there's something there and we don't know it. We don't have the inside information, but this is his third team in four years and he's an elite offensive defenseman. So there's something up. So maybe there just wasn't a fit. Michael Furlan was a tough one just because he was like, I don't know. He, he was just a guy that the fans love. Like he, he had the story. He, he had some alcohol abuse issues. He overcame that. He came out, he made Kevin Bieksa his, well, I can't say that word on your podcast, but he pretty his much showed Bieksa. Yeah, he made Bieksa. Uh, yeah, he made Bieksa his mutt for uh, the playoffs in Vancouver. Even when Bieksa was saying, "Oh, who's for? Is it Mister Irrelevant?" And then he just he just lived in Bieksa's head that whole playoff series. So he kind of had a soft spot spot in our heart. And then he came up and he played with Johnny Gaudreau and and Monahan, and he he showed some flashes, but then he disappeared. So is it a tough loss? Yeah, just for the just for the sensitive side of the flames, right? Not really the, the on ice product, because I think what we got back from that, we're a better team for it. Um, and so the hard part was uh, trading away uh, the defenseman, uh, the the guy that's in college. Now I can't remember his name. Brand Hickey Fox was his name. Oh, uh, yeah. And so that's a tough one, but it's kind of the same way we got rid of Hickey. We, we threw it in as a sweetener because indications show that they just weren't going to come sign with the flames because our defensive depth and our prospects are, are above average. And so whenever you can sit out a couple more years, play hockey in college, and then go as a UFA, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a, a problem for, for teams, right? I, I wish they'd close that kind of loophole. Well, it's not really a loophole. It's just a rule, but I wish they'd change it around and, and uh, kind of give teams that drafted these players a, a little longer shot to get these guys signed after they went to college. But uh, yeah, I mean, from a Flames perspective, we're a better team now than we were at the end of the year. Uh, Troy Brower, character guy, great dude off the ice, but just was getting paid too much for what he brought to the table. He was a $4 million fourth liner that wasn't even really good enough to play on our fourth line last year. And so to to buy him out, to make room to sign Hannafin long-term, which I think is what's going to happen, was something that just had to be done. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask though, with all the moves that Calgary has made, is goaltending now the big weakness for the Flames going forward? Well, I mean, it's not a weakness if our goaltender stays healthy, right? I mean, Mike Smith is still a top tier goalie. Um, he is getting old, as you can see. I mean, we were one of the top teams in the Pacific last year before he got hurt with two seconds left in a game on a stupid play that he shouldn't even have been doing, but. You know, the thing is, is if Mike Smith can stay healthy, then I think the Flames are poised to make a run to 
be at the top of the Pacific Division this year. Now, if Mike Smith gets hurt, my confidence level goes way lower when we're talking about having Riddich or maybe even Gillies as our backup goalie. But those guys are still, I mean, they're decent goalies. Riddich, I mean, he's a serviceable backup. I think Gillies is the goaltender of the future uh, for the Flames organization, but I just don't think he's there yet. So as long as Mike Smith stays healthy, healthy, I think we're we're poised to have a great season. Okay. Now, one more thing I wanted to ask before I throw the last question over to Tim is, and this was just brought to my attention, the Chelathon for Skate for the 22. Now, I just got now I'm looking it up here on GoFundMe. Yep. And just talk to me a little bit about this because it seems like a really good cause that I think everybody should get behind. Well, first off, um, I mean, I, I think it's, it's kind of everyone's social responsibility. I mean, not just like organizations or podcasts, but just to kind of do nice things for the world, right? Make the world a better place. And so I've always been a big proponent of saying, how can we, Beer League Talk, how can I, how can you, how can we use the sport that we love to, to, to make a difference in the world? And I was at a tournament in Boston that's put on by the Boston Bruins Foundation. I was invited out to cover it, and it's 100 teams, and all of them are military, police, uh, and firefighters. And then 12 of the teams are you know, Bruins alumni like Ray Bork was out playing, but each team raises money for their own charity. And this tournament was raised over a million bucks in a weekend for all these different charities. And it just blew my mind to be out there and see these people using hockey to make the world a better place. I ran into this group called Skate for the 22, and um, I just started hearing their stories about how hockey has saved their life and uh, how, you know, when they left the military, they didn't, they didn't have anywhere to turn. And uh, sorry, I get emotional because it, it is sad. Uh, but... Uh, it is. It just. It left a mark on me. And this this charity was is using hockey to uh, preach suicide prevention and uh, awareness in military vets because the stats say that uh, 22 vets a day commit suicide. And so I just fast became friends with these guys, and I've just been trying to find a way to help them. And they're like, "Oh, do some play some hockey games." And I was like, "Well, everyone's doing that. Like, esports is really big. What would you think if I st- was doing some streaming where I did?" NHL 19 for 48 hours and just kind of did that. They fell in love with the idea and now Chelathon was born. And so uh, it's been pretty uh, a pretty good uh, response so far. I think we've raised 750 bucks in you know 12 days or something like that. So uh, it's just uh, now it's I actually have to learn how to do all the streaming and all the stuff, which I'm not really that good at. But I've kind of been a, a proponent of just put it out in the universe and then make it happen. So that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the streaming stuff, it's not terribly hard to set up. Like, if you go through uh, Twitch, yep. they have a step, step-by-step guide. And, uh, yeah, you just need yeah one program and you're set up and you're pretty much done. Yeah, and I've, I've, been stre- I've been streaming for about oh, a week and a half now every night uh, to kind of gear up towards it. So it has been really easy. The only, the only part I kind of have worries about is like they have overlays and stuff that you can put on your screen to make it nice and pretty and i haven't figured those out yet i know for the piece if you're playing on pc it's actually really it's really easy to do with a program called uh, open broadcasting system obs yep i'm not too sure once you go with the if you're playing on playstation or xbox i'm not sure where you go from there uh, i'm using obs as well for playstation and xbox and even sega genesis Nice. Yeah. Then it's basically what you do is it's you just build layers of your screen and rearrange it until you get to the point, the place where you want it. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to. And it, you know, what's been crazy is even outside of people like that I know from Beer League Talk, but like Twitch streamers have been pretty responsive. Guys that are making their living using Twitch have been pretty, pretty cool about saying, hey, why don't you, you know, if you need any help, just shoot me a message and I'll help you out, which has been really, really cool. And like we've gotten over, you know, I think we're at over 60 followers in, in a week. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited about uh, doing it. Even like my streams that I do every night just to kind of ramp up is, is really cool because you get people that come in and chat hockey. Um, just tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to start streaming Mutant League Hockey and NHL 94 on the Sega Genesis. And we're going to chat about what the best games, old retro games are. So I'm pretty jacked about that. So if anyone wants to come check us out, I mean, you just have to search Beer League Talk on Twitch and we're there. Yeah. No, on Twi- Twitch is super fun. Uh, I guess a quick question before I go into my last one. It's like, have you had to deal with any trolls or uh, is it just easy enough to tell them to fuck off? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty – I mean, if, if you listen to the podcast, Beer League Talk, like you'll know that I – you know, people are going to talk. I understand that. I, I like to chirp people as well. But if I don't like what you're saying, I just tell you to FO, right? Like, uh, I mean, just just the other day, which we talked about Barstool earlier, uh, a goalie that's my buddy made this video. And he uh, he put it on. It got a huge – like 300,000 views from Reddit. Well, Spittin' Chicklets took the video, and which is whatever, cool – He'd watermarked it, but then they cut out all the watermarks and put it up as their own video. And so I got I got to go on a rant about uh, Barstool's a piece of shit because they steal people's content. And so I'm not uh, I'm not one to shy away from telling people my opinion, whether it's right or wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, but yeah, so trolls, whatever. If if they're trolling, they're trolling you for a reason, right? Hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, my wife used to do a bit of uh, Twitch streaming and. Before she kind of got a bit of a consistent viewership, it was just it'd be a lot of trolls just kind of badgering her, and it was like, okay, they obviously just w- want to piss off a woman because there's they haven't had any in their life. Yeah, I can't imagine being a woman and having to deal with that because one, most dudes creepy as fuck, <coughs> and just like I just like I watch it, like I'll watch some of them, like I just switch through streams, and it's it's all hey show your boobs, hey do this, it's like guys like and and. Granted, it's video game guys. There are probably a lot of 14, 15, 16-year-old kids. I know I was a terror when I was that age. So, uh, you know, I just – I couldn't imagine being a woman. But for me, like Twitch has been Twitch has been awesome. It's another way to connect with hockey players. And, uh, you know, we've, we've met some new people. I've had some of the guys that listen to the Beer League Talk come on. And it's usually a pretty good conversation. We've, we've only get about 10 live viewers at a time right now. But you know what? Uh, the, the number of viewers isn't really the point at this point. At this time, it's more, you know, getting the word out about the Chelathon, getting people to kind of become aware of uh, the fact that we do have these military vets that are coming out and they're taking their own lives because they don't have that, you know, a lot of time that brotherhood, that support system. And you know what? Hockey brings that. And that's what Skate for 22 is doing. They're getting guys into the game. Uh, they're getting them on the ice in the locker room so they can have that kind of family atmosphere to help them through uh, the, the, the rough times. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do have to mention is, like, for the amount of time that you've been streaming, you just having a consistent viewer base is pretty impressive. So hats off to you. Oh well, thank uh, you. And I guess, uh, the fi- like, my final question is, uh, given that you're now on like three or four different media, it's like, do you have a way of just looking through? You get an idea. It's like, this is this is blog. This is podcast. This is other media, sort of thing. 
well, I mean, I think the thing is, is uh, for me, everything's been trial and error. I mean, there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of time spent like trying things that didn't work. And then when it does work, it's good. So, uh, I mean, for me, it's just uh, on my personal note, like when I'm actually doing stuff, like if it just hits me and I'm like, Hey, I want to write a blog then I'll write a blog. And if I have an idea and I'm like, yeah, I'll just put it in the podcast, right? So like, I don't really have, and maybe, maybe that's just my brain doing it for me, but I don't just sit out and say, here's a blog, here's a podcast, here's a this. It's just kind of whatever I feel like at the time, really. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, you know, and just to be, you know, upfront, it, it's really like a lot of the stuff is, is just trying it and hoping it sticks. Um, you know, cause I don't think there's any, like you can't put people in a box and say this will work because there's been stuff that like I've wrote or I posted or I've talked about that I thought would go over and people would love it and it would be huge and it just didn't happen. And then there were things that I just wasn't really even thinking about. I just put it out as a, a piece of content and it, it got a ton of engagement. So like I said, in the media side of things, it's, it's pretty much just just try it, do what you want to do. And if people like it, great. And as long as you like it, cool. It's funny because academia is the same way. It's like, here's this big fuck off thing of math that I wrote. No one cares. <laughs> here's this easy empirical thing that I did because I needed to write something. Oh, this is the thing that's popular. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It, it's so weird. Like <laughs> I, I wish I could, I wish I had it to where everything I knew which ones were going to hit, but it just, it's, it's it's so weird, right? And then you look at you look at other stuff that is blowing up, and you're like, "Why didn't I do something like that? Like that just seems like something that is so easy, right?" So, although I wonder, it's like I think not only do you have to have kind of the right idea, you have to be in the right place, and you have to be and- in in the right time, right? Because like I, there's even things that I have been talking about, like with my crew, and saying, "Hey, we should do this or this or this," and then we kind of put it off just because we're busy, and then someone else does it, and it blows up, and I'm like look like we could like just like the kiki challenge for the guy in the hockey gear right i don't know if you saw that but uh you guys know the drake dance with kiki do you love me and they're doing the thing like as soon as i heard about it like a month before it happened i'm like hey we need to do this let's just get together make it it'll be funny and like yeah yeah we'll do it after these tournaments and then someone did it and it had like you know 170,000 views and i'm like oh see that would have been perfect yeah but at the end of the day it's like eh Life goes on. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's always, it's always just, just create something, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be perfect about it. Same with like podcasts, right? When I started, I just had one, you know, shitty microphone and then I graduated to two really nice USB microphones and then I graduated to, you know, a mixer and four microphones and, you know, a big setup. So it's, it's always, you don't have to have the best stuff to create something. You just create it. And then as you need different stuff moving forward, then you can get the different stuff. Mm-hmm. So Nick, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and we'd like to extend an invite for you to come back for a second visit if you choose to. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, obviously, as you can tell, I, I love talking definitely about hockey. <laughs> also, I like talking about myself, which is, you know, one of my, uh, one of my big things, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I love talking hockey, and any chance I get to talk hockey, I'm definitely down for it. And uh, if you guys have any beer league uh, stuff to talk about, definitely have you on beer league talk. If you guys want to talk some sin stuff, we can have you on posting out as well. So I mean, it goes both ways. If you if you guys love talking hockey, we'd love to have you on our shows as well. Awesome, yeah, we'll definitely accept that if you decide to ask us for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, posting out is a like it's a kind of a startup thing, like. We are literally recording in my car. 
uh, like like I go to the office and we like the problem is, is that my office is uh, we are above a gym and so during the day when we're there there's like old folks playing pickleball which is it's just like a it's like tennis but with a wiffle ball and a wooden racket and it's so noisy and so I can't record up there so it's just me and Jay literally in my car with a portable recorder but uh, I'm sure we could get something figured out to bring you guys in on Skype and and uh, talk about Ottawa Sens or just hockey in general. Awesome. So before we let you go, Nick, I was wondering if you can indulge us with a quick round of rapid fire. Sure, hit me. Okay. So now knowing that you and Tim both live in Calgary, we do have a couple of Calgary-centric questions. Okay. And I can also look to Tim for comparing notes. Okay. So the first question I got to ask is, best drinking establishment in Calgary? Oh, well, I would I would get fired if I didn't say the barn because it's the bar that uh, my company owns above a hockey rink. Nice. What is best one thing house. you... Pardon? Best steakhouse. Oh, best steakhouse is probably Caesars. What is one thing you would recommend to see or do in Calgary that isn't a tourist trap? Oh, geez. That's a tough one just because I'm like I'm not originally from here. I mean, I would say not even Calgary. I would say go out to Canmore, uh, which is touristy, but there's a place called the Rose and Crown, and they have this creamy jalapeno cheddar soup with a, like a bake on top of it. It's the best, the best food. I'll literally drive out an hour for lunch just to have it every occasionally. Awesome. Sooners or Cowboys? Oh, Sooners for sure. The cowpokes suck. <laughs> Worst highway in Calgary? Oh, Deerfoot for sure. If you, if you need to replace your windshield, just drive up and down Deerfoot a couple times and uh, you'll have so many rock chips, you'll have, to, you'll have to replace it. Knowing that you were at the Calgary Stampede, so was Tim and myself. So I got to ask, favorite food from the Calgary Stampede? Oh man, that's a tough one. You know what? I just love corn dog. Corn dogs are the only place that I will ever eat, uh, or I'll, I'll only ever eat corn dogs at a fair. And so the Calgary Stampede has incredible corn dogs. But you know, I tried that kangaroo burger, and it was pretty good as well. Really? Where in the Stampede was that? Just right on the midway. It's just they put little kangaroo meat in the uh, in the beef, and it was really, really good. Tim, how did we not find that place when we were at the Stampede? How did we find anything at the Stampede? That's true. Although when, when Nick was talking about corn dogs, all I was thinking about was that giant pickle dog that we ate. Oh, those are so delicious too. They're, you know what? They're so Anything deep fried is probably good. Deep fried Oreos, that's my favorite dessert at the Stampede. So um, yeah, and I got to go to the Stampede a lot because my wife uh, works for like the uh, young Canadians who put on the grandstand show. So oh, I was wow. there quite often. Awesome. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Could the state of Oklahoma support an NHL franchise? No. Ben, you, can, okay. can I just can I just expand on it? Because if my friends listen to it, they'll yell at me. But sure. like we put a hundred thousand people in Norman for the University of Oklahoma games uh, on Saturday, um, and we fill up a basketball arena. So could we support one? Money wise, yeah, probably. But we wouldn't support one. Like we had an AHL team. We had twenty five hundred people that would come out to the games, and that was even when they had. Taylor Hall, Jordan Everlay, uh, Justin Schultz, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So we pretty much had the Edmonton NHL team in Oklahoma, and no one supported them. So that's why I say we couldn't support them. Okay. Do you think that if an NHL franchise was in Oklahoma and they did what the Vegas Golden Knights did by winning right out of the gate, do you think maybe that would influence people in Oklahoma to support it? Everyone loves a winner, so yes. Now the final question I've got if you were on the Hockey Hall of Fame committee and you had to argue for one ex-Calgary Flame to go into the hall, who would you pick and why? Well, can I say Jerome McGinley even though he's a shoe in 
Okay. Uh, well, I mean, Iggy has to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, look what he's done for Calgary, the sport of hockey, and just, just being a great person. Like, those are the people that you want in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I think Iggy, he needs to be first ballot. I'm not sure how the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, works. I, I grew up a baseball fan, so I know that they had to wait five years in the MLB, and then like my hero Chipper Jones just got in on a first ballot. So if that's the way they do it in, in the NHL, I think Iggy needs to be there the very first time, and he should be unanimous. I, I believe the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame committee, I think it's three years mandatory wait You got to wait before you go in, unless you're like Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux or one of these ultra superstar players. Mm-hmm. So can we uh, argue, can I, can can I we argue that Gary Bettman shouldn't be though. in there? How about Theo Fleury? Theo Fleury should be in there as well. You know, I think the problem with uh, Theo is uh, his – I mean, just like the drug talk and all that stuff. I think it was just, it's just a bad look, and and I'm sure there's other players in there that maybe did those things. But when you have a player coming out saying, "Hey, I played higher than a kite," sometimes I think it's hard. It's hard for someone to say, "Okay, we'll put him in the Hall of Fame and let's 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 hoist that up," right? And so, uh, like I, as far as stats and being a great player, for sure he should be. I think the thing that's holding him back is just like that attitude that he took with being so open with how he lived his life while he was playing. Okay. So Nick, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Before we let you go though, where can people find you on social media and find Beer League Talk? Uh, I mean, pretty much any social media site. It's going to be at Beer League Talk, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch now, uh, even Pinterest. We have a couple crafty ladies that host our show, but uh, anywhere that you want to connect with us and you know, I, I say this to everyone, if you if you contact Beer League Talk and ask questions, I will guarantee that I will personally contact you back and answer you because I, I feel that's important. If you give me some of your time, I feel like I should give you back some of my time because it's the, the most important thing you can give to anyone is your time. So if you want to connect, if you want to chat hockey, I'm always around. I'm always ready to chat hockey. So uh, look us up. And if you play Beer League Hockey, we're probably the podcast for you. It's the only beer league podcast around and if you just like hearing fans perspective of the game posting out is is uh what you uh what you need so thank you guys again for having me on it's been great it's been fun and i hope we get to do it again awesome thanks for coming on nick all right guys we'll chat soon thank you hey this is adam from welland ontario canada and you're listening to the third line plug sense cast Thank you so much for listening to the special edition of the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. Because our bod Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m91honeybadger, and I'm at greatwhitegipster, g-r-8-w-y-t-e, gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about our interview this afternoon with... Nick from Beer League Talk, choose an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. My time here is up. They're going home!